You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. And I'm your old pal, Joey O'Brien. And I'm Troy. I'm pretty sure Joe is looking into the wrong camera in the valley. Who's looking into the right camera, Francis? Bam! Wait, it's Joe over is. this one? It's all the way over here, dude. What the hell? I thought we've never done this. We've never done this before for the audio listeners. This is coming to you live from the GCN studios. What? This is weird. I'm sitting in Matthew's seat, and I've, I haven't sit in, sat in on a booster seat since I was like eight. <laughs> so you were getting weird. your hair cut at it's the a, barber know, at eight look. years old. It's like a, you can't see it, but I'm actually sitting in a fire truck. <laughs> Uh, we just wrapped uh, some GCP episodes and we're like, hey, why don't we shoot the FOD live from here? Francis was like, I don't want to go home and have a good night to myself. I want to hang out with you guys even more than I already have. And uh, we gave him his wish. So here we are. We're going to do the FOD from the studio today. Very excited to be uh, doing it in person, buddy. It's just nice. Oh, man. I would like to do this more often. Yeah. But yeah. now we have families and it's hard. But like in an ideal world, I've got like 20 ideas for shows that are just this. If we're gonna fucking play games, we sit here and hang out and talk because this looks so much better than Zoom and shit. Yeah, plus I can touch you. <laughs> no matter, do you just squeeze my boob? Yep. No matter how hard we try, uh, <laughs> no matter how hard, man, you really threw me off with the boob squeeze. It was a light caress. <laughs> no matter how hard we try to get things like looking better from our homes, it just never looks as good as this. No. It's as good as being in studio in person. Well, we've got a hell of a FOD for you today. We've got a lot of uh, news we're going to hit you with, some exciting stuff, including a live show that I don't think a lot of people know is coming that is like off the beaten path from the glass cannon yeah. usual uh, MO. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, we'll talk about uh, episode 18 of campaign two. We got a chunky We Are Stupid from Professor Eric and, of course, Listener Mail. We'll wrap it up with. But the biggest news hot off the presses here uh, on today's FOD is we got a couple special guests today. I mean, as if going live from the studio, not live, but recording the studio wasn't enough. What if we made it more complicated? What if we made it even harder, technically, to put on a good show? It would be worth it for these two folks. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the FOD today, the one and only Skidmar and Sydney Emanuel. Too soon. Soon. I got lucky. It was such a good drop, and we got to use it, what, two times? Yeah, twice. Yeah. Why Sad. three? You only did two good things. <laughs> One drop for every good thing you did. He had the drop on the board for like four episodes. Yeah. He just never could hit it. I'm keeping it on there, just in case someone in gets case. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be, because that's a cool name thing about like your name is also... A, 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 a state of being an adjective yeah. but, <laughs> but also the true meaning is just to be to get lucky right yeah yeah exactly and so uh, a great drop to use take the place with... of this <laughs> right yeah or use it for an actual lucky roll which would be really fun no uh, you it's know... just about sex wow. understood <laughs> she's put the sword down <laughs> 
What's okay. going on with the sword? A lot of people are wondering. Do <laughs> you want to talk about it? Nope. Now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> this I do uh, that again. She also does that a lot yeah. when we're not like taping. She just she does this weird semicircle. And I kind of point it. I kind of point it at each of you, and it's a little threatening, but also fun. And also, it's a dagger. We keep calling it a sword. I keep calling it a sword. Either a sword for a tiny person or a dagger for a you. I thought it would be a fun little prop. So for all those wondering, uh, now you know. It's just a fun little table prop. And sometimes, like, I don't know, so much action in the game, you're like, just want to, like, swing something around. You bought that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded kind of judgy. Where would I, would I didn't find it? I didn't, well, I didn't make it. I I did buy it. Yeah. No one, like, gave it to you. No, no. You went out and, like. Specifically bought it. I feel attacked. I feel attacked on this pod. I like this. Doesn't it? You're like, the one with the knife. <laughs> like Conan O'Brien, doesn't he have like a little coffee cup of Truman or something? And uh, that's on his desk. Yeah. He did back in the Always. Day. Yeah, I think it's Truman. I can't remember. It's like a pencil holder of various Truman. And you've got your dagger. We yeah, all have dagger. props. Yeah. It's great. It's a, it's a great yeah. little. Uh, I've got my phone. It's your phone? Yeah. <laughs> I've got this light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look how natural Troy looks <laughs> under that weird under the chin light. Uh, like I said, we got some news off the top. Uh, so glad that Skid is with us today because Skid and Troy and I, uh, no offense to Sid, this is a very weird situation. Uh, not a glass cannon even uh, situation. This is a production from uh, Evil Genius Games who make Everyday Heroes. We played there, Skid and I played their uh, Escape from New York uh, game yeah, at Gen Con, which was a blast with Eric Mona running it, yeah. um, and Rob Kirkovich, Kirkovich, your good buddy Rob, Jared. Uh, and Jared Logan. And Jared, yeah. That was a really, really fun run. Uh, well, they have produced several of these, and they have uh, they have asked a few of us to come out to a comedy club in New York City in a couple weeks to play a live session of their Rambo game. <laughs> so it's their- Everyday Heroes RPG. Rambo. Adventure. The Rambo Cinematic yes. Adventure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we're going to be creating heroes in the Rambo universe and uh, telling our own original Rambo story at a comedy club uh, on the Upper West, upper west, west Side. Yeah, stand up New side. York. I mean, I lived on the Upper West Side for six, seven years when I first moved to New York. And uh, I used to walk by Stand Up New York all the time. <laughs> so it's just, it's just so incredibly cool. Uh, Skid and Troy and I are going to be doing this with Khalees Hawkins and... And Natalie Cuomo, two comedians yeah. that we've never worked with before. Uh, in fact, Skid and I, uh, or no, we're going to meet them tomorrow, tomorrow. I think, in, on a call yeah. uh, for the first time. But we're going to start chatting very it out. I've been, I've been looking at their stand-up and stuff on uh, Instagram and YouTube, and they're very funny. So Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for this. So th- this is all to say, like, if you are in or around the New York area, you can totally come to this show. Too. My sister's co- sing is coming to the show. Get out of here. Oh, great. Yeah, she'll be there. Oh, it's good to be good to have a friendly face. And we want more niche faces in there. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we need friendly faces because like you need you to laugh at us. Exactly, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a tough, especially. And if, we'd like, love to have Sid there, but unfortunately, stand up New York is a very strict no weapons policy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she, she doesn't go anywhere there. without that dagger. Yeah, they also won't let me back after uh, last time. <laughs> after uh, last time, no, I'm gonna I can I'm gonna try to come to the show. That would be amazing and yes. heckle. You. Well, that would be awesome. Because that's what you do at comedy shows, right? You that's ha- right. You it hustle com- the people. It, oh, you know what? It is a comedy yeah, show. Comics like, love that. Yeah, com- <laughs> notoriously, <laughs> comedians love when you they love it. Them. Here's what I'm most excited about. Uh, it's great to be back in the stand-up club again. And it's like, you talk about intimate. Also, we have no plans for a Glass Cannon live show in New York this year. So like this, if you live in New York and you want to see us, this is the opportunity. It's it's limited oh, seating. It's, it's it's very small room. There's all, And we're just going to be there just hanging out. Like it's going to be really, really fun. It's Friday, February 9th. So 
put it on your calendar. Put it on my calendar now. Friday, February 9th. It's an 8 p.m. show. Doors at 7.30. Uh, you can go to standupnewyork.com for tickets. Check it out. Uh, come out and see us if yeah. you're around. It's going to be really, really fun. We're going to improvise a Rambo movie. That's that is exactly what we're doing. Basically, we are yeah. improvising in in a two. It's a two hour slot. Yeah, because they got comics coming on after us. Yeah, it is a two hour tight slot. We got to fit in. We got to create a Rambo movie. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be amazing. Oh, uh, also, in in uh, top of the news, time for chaos season one premiered last week yeah. on YouTube. Just so intense you know, that it broke YouTube. It uh. broke. YouTube. I didn't find out about this to the next day, and I was sick to my stomach. Oh, I you saw must have it. been thrilled on Friday. I saw it in my house. Uh, uh, I was burned down my house. This has never happened before. Ever. Never happened before. I mean, we just started premiering on YouTube with with Gatewalkers. But sure, sure. But why doesn't it happen on episode thirteen of Gatewalkers? Right? It happens on episode one Dude. of season two. But it wasn't it like chaos. after like a, the the minute it went down, the entire thing was available. Yeah, you could watch it right away. But it, we lost that sort of community feel. We had like seven hundred yeah. people watching together. It was yeah. nice, and and then you could watch it and comment. But it was just different. Whatever. It was. It wasn't the end of the world. I feel like we're doomed with premieres. It happened with Gatewalkers when it was like wasn't available till HD until afterwards. Oh my god! <laughs> it was like the premieres was at like one. What's wrong with the resolution? Why does it look so shitty? And uh, you know, uh, to credit our, our production coordinator, Michael, like really like tried to explore what the fuck happened. And yeah. The best we got was a uh, apology from Google. Yeah. Google. Being We're like, sorry. Sorry. It's, it's, it's like a glitch. It's it's the internet. It happens to the best of us. Uh, this week we have uh, more Deadlands coming on Labs. Deadlands has been really fun. Uh, that's going to be tomorrow, the 25th at 2 p.m. Eastern, continuing that story. And then uh, you're still playing Baldur's Gate 3 yeah, today. Uh, on the channel today. That's right. Uh, and I am... Uh, I'm going to stream again on Friday. I'm going to try out the new Prince of Persia game. The new, I saw you're going to play that. I'm going to play. Uh, I didn't even know there was a the new Lost Prince of Persia. Crown. Yeah, I, I stumbled across this, and I was never big into Prince of Persia. I, I, I had played it in like 2008, maybe something. Have you like seen that. the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? I have seen the movie with Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I actually, I did, and I used that music. Fun fact: I used the Prince of Persia yes. music for. Uh, Pathfinder the Pathfinder Society, Society scenario that I love so much the yeah. the element um, the element oh, what is it called the one that you ran like ten times yeah I ran it like five times it's a great the, the one that's like out which is that the desert starts fortress the desert. out in the desert oh oh that, like, is that the uh, the Thuvian thing the uh, uh, is that what it was. I can't remember. It was like revealed by the blowing sands. It's like an ancient f- Citadel of Flame. Citadel of okay. Flame. Okay. Citadel of Flame. If you have never played this PFS scenario and you're still interested in 1E or you want to try to convert it, what an amazing scenario. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of an old citadel that was covered by millennia of sand. Uh, and then it, it, it gets blown away. And a, a wizard who happens to be flying over the desert, like en route from one thing to another, like a high level wizard, happens to notice it. And like writes into the Pathfinder Society is like you should send a team out to check this out. Oh, didn't we play that up in Massachusetts? Like when we went up like that first year. I yes, think we did. Yeah, and I had already played it, so I was just playing dumb. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, just yeah. playing with friends, you could yeah. use uh, uh, n- uh, unlicensed, awesome, you know, cinema music. Yeah. And yeah. so I used the Prince of Persia soundtrack. Oh, Dude, I remember wow. original Prince of Persia. That's the only one I've ever played. Yeah, like swing on. It was the first game I, since like Pitfall that you could swing on ropes, and it was very janky and polygony. It was just, it was just like a cube person. Huh. Yeah, swing on ropes. Is that a Broderbund game originally? Broderbund, <laughs> man, I haven't heard that name in a long. 
long so, time. I'm thinking of some something like that. It was a, maybe yeah. I don't. I yeah, don't know. It's super super old school. It came. But out. word on the street is the new Prince of Persia rocks, and it is awesome. It's got a Broder- nine on games. It was Broderbund. Yeah, 1989 so, yeah. Broderbund. Good yep. job, Skid Uh Got a nine on GameSpot. Wow. So nice. I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out and seeing seeing how it is. Uh, Abu was hyping it up on social. I saw. Yeah. Huh. Awesome. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. yeah, because he's got his new game coming out in March. The Tales of Kanzara. Yeah. We should yeah. try to coordinate to stream that. Yeah, we should yeah. definitely. That would he's, be fun. Uh, it looks really fun, and he's super excited about it. Yeah, yeah. we should. Awesome. Uh, that's going to be Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern uh, on Twitch. All right, let's get into the episode. We're going to do a little bit of episode talk, and then we'll go uh, into We Are Stupid. Uh, before the We Are Stupid, though, I think you know one of the bigger things from this app, and Sid, this is why I'm so glad you're here, is the first time we see Asta in action, and the first time we find out what class you're playing. Magus, yeah. All right, talk us through the the, the 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 decision. Why Magus? How did you come to this decision? I think because Lucky was a fighter, and we had built our group kind of knowing the the roles we needed to fill. And I was really excited about playing that because also I love playing Casino, and that was my first like tank oh. character in Legacy. Casino is this blood rager. She's so dope. So when I made Lucky, That's similar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. A fighter with magical properties. As exactly. Well. Yeah, Blood Rager is like a sorcerer and a barbarian. So when Lucky was a fighter, I was like, "Great, I'm going all in on the fighter class." And then when she died, I was like, "Man, I don't want to make a replica of her. I don't want to be a fighter. I don't want to be a champion. I don't want to be a barbarian." I was like, "I want to do something that I still get to fight, but I also want to have something else interesting about my character because I just didn't want to make a carbon copy of Lucky." Um, and I found out about the mages. I never knew about this class. Didn't know it existed. Mm. I thought it was so interesting. Not a fan of the glass cannon podcast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so Sydney would talk I'm, about listening to giant slayer. And now like over the years, we've like dissected and figured out exactly where she stopped, which, six, yeah. which is like right around six. episode nine or 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the hits. I know the hits. We're like, you how about need... that riverboat in in, uh, in Giant Slayer, Sydney? And she's like, I, I, I didn't get to that part yet. I know some of the characters' names, and I know many of the deaths. But yeah, the yeah. stuff in between, It's all filler. It's, it's all filler. It's, it's, you don't need it. It's all clip shows. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but then after I decided, I talked to Matthew about it. And uh, he was like, ah, be careful. Like, have so much fun. Be careful. Uh, it's an interesting class. I, yeah, because I would say, I don't know much about the class at all, but one of the things I would say, and this is what Matthew probably you know ran into, is it's a powerful, damage-dealing, frontline class that is not tanky. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you get a glass cannon. Yes. A glass cannon, a if glass you will. Cannon. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I was interested in the class, and I figured, I, uh, why not try something new? Now is the time. You know, I get a new character. Uh, and yeah, Astakana formed from that idea and I had the idea of a kitsune weirdly you said it yeah unrelated but like, you had like mentioned it that you were like what are you gonna be a kitsune are you gonna die and come back in a kitsune yeah did that plant the subconsciously the idea in your head or may- did you always think it's- maybe I also thought it was interesting that like the fox aspect yeah. and like the we're kind of in the wild woods and I was like yeah kitsune like they live in the wild woods like they're from there uh, so yeah, but she kind of formed after I came up with the magus idea and then I was like, okay, an interesting kind of like magical creature kitsune, like cool. So yeah, that's, that's what sparked it. I have a question and a thought. The question is you died very quickly in that episode yeah. and then you had the whole episode to sit. You go back and watch. You're really looking at the computer. Now I had to ask you guys before, do you have backups and nobody really had backups, maybe light concepts. Was it during that episode that you were like magus? 
I think it, yes, yes. Yeah. It was during that episode. I had like three things. I had three, this is what I always do. I make a few and then I kind of narrow it down based off of once I start to build the character, I'm like, does this make any sense? You know, is this a useful character? Uh, and the mages still learning, I mean, in episode 18, that was like my first fight. So that was a real like baptism by fire kind of thing because <laughs> yeah. I made a new character, made a new class that I've never played before. And then did a combat. At level two. At level two. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I came up with it during the episode. Yeah, if you, if you watch the episode <laughs> where Lucky dies, I look miserable. And yes, I was sad, but also I was just very focused on trying to get my character ready to, to come back. And I didn't have much to do in the rest of the episode, so I had some time. Yep, I've been there. I've yep. been there, done that. Glass Candle Live, episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch it happen over the course of uh, he comes back later in the episode the second thing was a thought is like I love Kitsune because I'm way into anime and yeah. uh, also Jade Regent we played there's a, an important Kitsune character who becomes like an NPC I think it's book four the forest of spirits do you guys yeah. remember they yep. oh, yeah. the, uh, what are they called the fucking the little creatures that are forest spirits Kodama Kodama or Yokai it begins with a D doesn't it uh, D uh, I don't can't remember. remember, but the Kitsune was an important part of that. I guess Yokai is, those are the bad guys, like the Oni. Anyways. Yeah, the bad guys were the Oni. Kitsune. We had a Magus in that campaign as well. Yes, we did. Oh, did you? Did. Forgot about that Magus. That's yeah. right. Maybe it was subconscious when you said it, but also as a fan of like anime and stuff, like Naruto, the whole the whole story is nine tails, like the Kitsune, oh, yeah. the fox. Uh, and also I... I wanted to be a cat folk and I didn't get to do that. So maybe I went with like another animal human hybrid sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, another college mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Go foxes. Kellen yeah. Kitsune. <laughs> foxes. Well, in this episode, I felt like it was a, uh, a real uh, testament. I mean, you know, uh, us is a big part of it, but a real testament to how leveling up to seven, second level completely changed the dynamic against these these Gorgas. It felt like we were much more in control and ma- and mashing. Uh, Skid, is, is that kind of the vibe that you got? Like, the second level buggles feel uh, more powerful than first level? Two? Yeah, I don't. You don't think about it very often, but it is like an occasion where you're you're doubling your level. It's the only time that ever happens, right? Mm. And you're doubling uh, your hit points. Yeah, basically. yeah, and you're doubling your level. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, so yeah, that's, it's, it's, you know, you feel like you finally are getting some kind of, uh, you know, battlefield effectiveness and you're feeling a little bit more like a, a, a le- less, a little less like a regular guy, a little more like a super person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's yeah. You know, I don't normally think about it cause it's like, you just kind of breeze through those early levels sometimes in your mind, but. We also saw some cool foundry stuff in this episode, particularly because they were uh, coming out of the the darkness and then yeah. tr- and then uh, umbral leaping back into the darkness as part of their tactics during the fight. Good job with your tech. Because we had the campfire. Yep, because we had the campfire, and that was like emanating. That was really cool. But I loved how uh, Skid at one point you as Buggles were just like. I see them. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, we were like, oh, well, we can't see them. I'm, I'm going to delay. And I think uh, Talitha may have delayed as well at, at one point. And you were like, well, I'm just going to go hit it because <laughs> I can see it right there because of your dark vision, it's, uh, I guess you're the only character with dark vision. And that, yeah, I guess very important in the party. I guess that's true. It is cool. It really is cool to have a virtual tabletop that has that feature and have it actually work. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really neat. It's very immersive. Yeah. It's something I wish I had 
on other shows. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, yes. it's great. It. it, we'll it also helps you to not metagame. It's so immersive that you, the player, when you can't see, it's like can't too, see. too bad, yeah. you know? Well, we're, there's some tactical stuff we'll get to in a second. Uh, Professor Eric wrote in, uh, as I said, a chunky review on We Are Stupid, uh, but always very uh, professional and friendly, uh, as Professor Eric is wont to do. But uh, let's move on from the combat for a moment as we patch up our wounds uh, get the rest of our sleep, and then head out towards Thinland's farms and have an, an NPC, a random NPC encounter on the road, yeah. which is always, I feel, very unsettling, right? Like in, in a place like the Wildwood, where you know you don't know who you're going to meet on the side of the road. I remember uh, Brother Ramius is doing perception checks immediately for like bandits off the highway, like ready to jump us uh, because this guy's like, "Oh, hello there, travelers." Yeah, because you never trust this guy. The no. second, the second he starts talking, oh, "Ho there, traveler!" I'm like, <laughs> "This guy's going to kill us all." It's like seeing a hitchhiker in the middle of I-70, like Kansas, <laughs> just like, speed by. Yeah, this is, just, just just keep going. Don't slow down. That that person going. killed someone. Just yeah. speed by. Well, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. It's so early. We don't know. We have no idea. We, we Buggles and Brother Ramius in character, which I thought was really fun, decide, make the decision. We're going to trust this guy. Uh, Asta, not so much. Now, let's just talk about, as players for a second, long-term prediction for Malkior. Uh, is uh, he a bad dude or a good dude? My initial, I'm sticking with my gut, my initial, initial instinct, it felt exactly like you said. Exactly like you said, too, Skid. Person in the middle of the road, help. Uh, oh, I'm hurt. Or, oh, I'm lost. And it's like, you will murder us. You will murder <laughs> us in our sleep the minute yeah. that you get the chance to. You're going to steal from us. Whatever. I don't know if he has, like, a bigger story with what's going on. Mm -hmm. But everything has been so weird. And everyone is so weird that the fact that a normal guy shows up that just, like, wants help, I don't think so. I think... I think either his friend is made up and he's going to steal from us mm. or... So he's just like a thief. Or just a thief, yeah. Or his friend is real, but they're like planning something together. Like he's like, my friend is lost and then we're going to meet the friend and then they're both going to turn on us and be like, we were actually All right, demons. So you think this is, this is going to be bad that, yes. that we brought him along with us. Skid, how do you feel as a player? Flip of the coin. How does this pan out for us? I don't know. I mean, I, you saying this now, it reminds me of... Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. There's the guy looking for his friend. There's a Gavin! Oh. Gavin! <laughs> Gavin! That's right. I never did finish that quest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I, he seemed all right. He I always shows remember. up in every new town. You just yeah, I was like, Gavin. have you seen Gavin? <laughs> so that guy was harmless at worst. So, annoying, annoying. Yeah, definitely annoying. Um, but uh, I think... A Buggle certainly, like I think he's a little more optimistic, naive, I guess, than Asta would be. So I think he genuinely does see the. Actually, someone reminded me that it was. It's a similar kind of trait. We talked about Silverado so much, like a couple <laughs> years ago, and I was just reading uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He does a Substack every week, and he was talking about Silverado, <laughs> and like he was talking about uh, this Kevin Klein's character in that movie. He gets jumped by these guys, like he these cowboys. They go out in the desert and they they end up jumping him because they like his horse. But he's just like, it's just like oh, I guess that. But it's like the reason that he let that happen was because he also like just tends to see the best in people and it blinds him. Yeah, and so it's like it's like oh, it's like I think Buggles like kind of has the same kind of uh, malady. 
and Kareem was talking about it. It's just like, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, sure, but you also don't live in a fantasy world <laughs> where there's like giant spiders. Yeah. <laughs> you right. can look like people. So, you know. right. It was consistent with your character because you did the same thing when Asta joined the party. Yeah. Everyone else uh, was yeah. uh, kind of standoffish. You were like, we should help her. She's like us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. That was a great moment. I, lo- I love that moment. That moment made the tease, right, Francis? <laughs> yep. uh, I think we should trust her. We should it was her. it was really nice. Uh, let's really dive into Asta with a little. We are stupid. Oh. Uh, courtesy of Professor Eric. Uh, we're gonna That's hit on I'm a few points here. here before we get to listener mail. Got a couple questions from the nation me? that we're gonna get to answer with Skid and Sid in attendance, which is great. All right. So regarding Asta's forms, and then Eric uh, writes for. Three and a half pages, single spaced. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm fun- going to commit <laughs> seppuku. Now we see why she has uh, the knife. All right. So, just a quick summary for those that don't know. It seems that the you uh, came in sort of implying that you could at any time switch between all three forms. That's not really the case. Yes, uh, I've remedied it. I realized after I had misread something. I do get a fox form. My other form is a kitsune form. I remedied it in a cool way in one of the recent eps that I think everybody... hasn't aired yet. It hasn't aired yet. It's not out, but I think story wise makes sense and like character wise makes sense. Uh, Professor Eric, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it doesn't Next. really make a difference. It's well, except it is for like more, social. A little, yeah, yeah, more social. If this was more of a social campaign, it doesn't feel like that so far. Though this doesn't feel no. like a political thriller also, campaign. This is like you walk monsters a, and horror and you right. Know. If you walk into a town and there's a big sign that says "No Fox People," <laughs> yeah, then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I talked to Troy about it too, and <laughs> Troy was like, "I don't really care. That doesn't matter to yeah. me." But yeah, like if we enter a metropolitan city and they've never seen a kitsune before, sure, maybe. But we're in the wood. We're in the woods right now, and okay. they they exist. So right. Uh, you also described her luxurious nine tails, but yes, so also something that comes with time, right? Yeah, I thought it was a flavor. I thought you could pick however many tails that I suited mean, you. Every time I see like a kitsune in my mind, it's it's you know full, not, yeah. yeah, a bunch of tails. When you level up, you gain, it's kind of like ambiguous, but you gain another tail at like each level. So it's sort of as you grow, you're, you grow in power. That's uh, cool. And it is cool. And the tails have like a power. You can do stuff with them. So that's fun. In other words, they're going to make you earn it. Yes. Um, Fox form, we did sort of just imply that it uh, had dark vision. We just assumed it does because... Foxes seem Foxes to do. actually hunt at night and stuff like that. Uh, don't get skid started on uh, on Pathfinder nerfing animals. <laughs> <laughs> Real bugaboo. It seems that that has carried over to second edition. Yeah, I Googled it too. I was like, can foxes see in the dark? Uh, well, we might be wrong on this, but it, it seems that in fox form, because of the pest form spell, you're not actually a fox. You're using a spell called pest form. Yes. You would, you would get low light vision and scent yes. for 30 feet, but not dark vision. Yes. It is a change form action that you can do. And it, it yeah, the fox traits, I get low light vision. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, arcane stance. So this yeah. is something where you enter a stance after you cast a spell. Yes. Or what's the other thing? You cast a spell or you uh, basically do it, – it's you cast a spell. Anything okay. is like casting a spell that takes uh, one or two actions. And the idea is the magic that you cast or use. Or use a spell strike. Sorry. Or it's use a spell, a spell strike. Or use a spell strike. 
which to use a spell strike, you have to cast a spell, but uh, yeah. the magic like reflows through your body. So it's similar to the monk stance. You stay in the stance as long as you're not like stunned or something that would make you not be able to do the stance, but it costs an action to do. And like the magic reflows through you from the spell you just cast. Mm-hmm. So depending on the magic type, you get a plus one damage or more if you have weapon specialization to your next attack. Oh, that's so cool. it's cool. But again, I'm like a conduit for yes. your own magic. And, it's all and it says like through, through your breath work and your foot stance, you like keep the magic circulating in your whole stance the entire time. Uh, so it's super cool. But as I'm learning with the magus, the action economy is so important that you do, you know, this step. Then I do my arcade stance, the arcane stance. Then I do this. Then I do my spell strike. So I'm getting the hang of it. There's a lot of moving pieces. And we also, like, I believe you went into that stance around after casting a spell as your last action. But we're pinpointing here in the rules that it seems you need to do that in the same turn. Yes. So it's worded, and they've made a change, right, in the wording that says within the same turn. Requirements for the stance. You used your most recent action this turn to cast a spell or make a spell strike. You need to meet this requirement only to enter the stance not to remain in it. Yeah, so you can't round the corner, so to speak, and like cast something and then next turn use the stance. It has to be, so the action economy becomes very important. I like the round the corner uh, idea. That that makes sense. Uh, all right, how about uh, Stunning Fist from Zephyr? Pow, pow! Pow, pow! Uh, we stunned pow. one of these dogs, or Zephyr stunned one of these dogs, and then you gave it an attack of opportunity. We now know you can't do that. When it's stunned, it can't take any actions. I stand by. You can't act. Yeah, I, I figured you Stand by minus. You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. But you missed anyway, so it didn't really have any uh, mechanical impact on the episode, but good to know for future reference. Man, that stunning fist is going to be awesome. So dope. But it does have the incapacity trait. So it's going to be dope against things that are about our level or yep. lower, but not you know things that are going to be higher level. Uh, oh, one more, one last thing before we get off of the, um, uh, the Magus is the spell strike does provoke an attack oh. of opportunity because if you use a spell within it that has the manipulate action. Yeah. And, and we did that right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but but there were some comments on the YouTube video that suggested that maybe it does not provoke an attack of opportunity, but it, the th- it does. The thing is, most spells that you would cast have the manipulate trait and would provoke. I don't know. Maybe there is one in but the something list. Something like shock and grasp. Does that not? Because it's meant to be used in melee, right? So, But I believe because your cat, I can look it up. But I'm almost positive. It's not to nerf the mages. Like, they're very powerful. But I think the idea is that most creatures don't have an attack of opportunity. You're taking a risk if they do. And maybe you get hit. But also, you should be like the tank. So, maybe that hit Also, they're never going to have more than one. Right. right. And, And they have to crit to interrupt it. So, like, even if they oh, hit yeah. you, you still get the spell strike through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but they would have to crit in order to, to interrupt the action. In first edition, it was cool that you could, like, cast it, then move, and it was just a... Boom! Charged up. And hold yeah. it in the... Hold the charge yeah, in the blade. Yeah, hold those charges, you? but, like, you know, everyone had an AOL. So now, yeah. It's, it's also balanced a bit that, like, if you use your attack of opportunity, that's your reaction. You can't theoretically do anything else that would cost a, a reaction, like, until you're right, right. Turned, so. right. Uh, all right, last thing on We Are Stupid is just the Cyburst, uh, which is Buggles' ability to uh, – uh, how do you describe the Cyburst? What, is that just direct mental damage? It's like scanners. It's okay. just like <laughs> boom. Bang, you're hitting a uh, – God, there was – I can't remember like a first edition D&D and the psionics thing. There was like – it was just like mind blast, I think. 
it's basically that you're just like shooting psychic energy like into harmfully into another person's brain <laughs> uh, but the the one thing we did is i believe you did that without having already unleashed your psyche and so that's what we just have to keep in mind for future yeah reference. i forgot that it had the in the moment that it had the psyche trait so i can only use it when i'm unleashed all right so this is what it, this is the way that your your spells your abilities the trait that if they have the psyche trait in them you can't use them unless your psyche is unleashed right. that's pretty the the overall rule right Makes sense. Also, just want to say to answer that question, because I, I was curious too. Shocking Grasp does, it would provoke, because it has the somatic trait, which almost all spells have. Because it has the somatic trait, it gains the manipulate trait. Mm. And that's, I think I mentioned it in an episode, like the Magus doesn't have to do hand movements. They can use their weapon, which is yes. cool with the somatic stuff. So like they get to cast up close and do whatever, but it's, yeah, it does have the uh, the attack of opportunity. They would take it. Very cool. Uh, all right, let's kick it over to the nays. Let's get a couple questiones uh, before we uh, before we get out of here. It's time for the Man, if we do this again, if we know that we're doing this again, we have time ahead of time. We should just tell Nick to come be on the FOD. Uh, live? Sing us in live. Sin? Oh, I don't know if you can get him to sing. On cue? <laughs> He's yeah. so shy. On camera? I don't know. Yeah, he'd, he'd be too shy. I'll go to work on him. I'll, I'll try to soften him <laughs> up. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you could break him out of his shell. Yeah, break him out. He's yeah. texting us right now. Are you guys talking about me? Do you want me to sing live? I could never. <laughs> All right. We got a question here from Chris in Salem, Oregon, who is a longtime fan. Home of the witch trials. Home of the <laughs> No, witch no, trials. no. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, the, the lesser known Salem, <laughs> lesser known Salem <laughs> Oregon witch trials. They had them too. Well, just call this place 1964. Salem. <laughs> uh, Chris has had something come up in his game a few times. He's, he's running this. This is ideas that he has perpetrated with the players uh, that he first started running games for because of the Glass Cannon podcast. Oh, oh. Um, oh, cool. And he said that they've had this kind of theme that's been going on, and he just wanted our thoughts on it. I think it's really, I wanted to grab this because you guys were going to be here, and it's really just a, uh, would you ever do this in your game? What do you think about this? Uh, he says, I like bringing dead player characters back as undead. He's, we've done it a few times, uh, much more than I've seen on any actual plays that I listen to. And I wanted to get your thoughts. I only bring characters back if the player is interested, and narratively I try to match the kind of undead to the character. If the PC died before they resolved some big part of their backstory, they might come back as a ghost. Or if the PC died a particularly violent death, they might return as a white. Ooh. What do you think of this? Is having a P an undead PC a good way to give the party an edge in potential role play, or does it cheapen character death? too much uh troy would you ever do this man uh i do think it cheapens it right but that doesn't mean that every... are they bringing it back as an enemy to the party or someone who joins the party i, I think it, it could like be a... either way but i think it's joins the party I think it's joins the party I, uh, I think it cheapens it but the, every instance is going to be different you know i think you gotta like anything be judicious about it you can't do it all the time but if if you thought of a really cool way to make it work, it seems like 2E has the capabilities for you to reskin. Right, to do like a ghost sort of template. We were thing. just talking about Bloodlords. Like part of that adventure path, I feel like, deals with this. And the Book of the Dead that came out, I, 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 I could be uh, misquoting this, but I feel like there are rules in there on how to give your characters these uh, 
these skins to come back. Yeah, I mean, I in, in side quest side session, I played a skeleton, right? <laughs> and the skeleton was old champ, uh, old, old champ, champ. champ kindly, <laughs> old champ kindly. The skeleton was a playable ancestry now because of of that book, but it also sort of is informed by the. Uh, you know, just the kind of template where you can give skeleton to multiple different things. So Champ was like a human skeleton uh, or humanoid skeleton, but you can also have like a a, a stat block essentially for, uh, you know, a, a giant skeleton or a lizard skeleton or whatever. Like there's different uh, ways that they put it together. But um, yeah, I, let me get to you, Sid. What, what would you, is this something you would ever do in a game? Bring yeah. a PC back as an undead? Yeah, I would. I think it's fun and I think it's interesting. But only – it's hard because I don't know what the, the circumstance is. Sure. But it sounds like with what he's saying, like if the character had unfinished business that like the party was aware of, that they brought them back. Like they, they came to this city that the character had this unfinished business in and it was going to happen all along and their, you know, their player character died. It's cool to bring it back in a way where they're, they, they show up in the city and the whole party's like, oh my god. You know, like, yeah, clearly we have to take care of this unfinished business for our beloved – character and to me that doesn't cheapen the death because it it enhances the story and it moves the story forward but i think yeah i think if every time a character dies they just like you know they're gonna reappear at some point yeah it's a little weird sometimes it's like you got to move on and if and if you do you can put enough focus into that new character yeah that it's going to make your you know your game better for that reason uh you also don't want to uh i say you here's the situation i worry about getting into you have a player with two characters there. Well, I was going to say. Which has happened to me before, and it's not enjoyable. I don't think you give it to the player. I think if you bring the, the character back, you discuss it with the player, and maybe they can do some like role play and speak as their character. But I think if they assist you in like a combat or a few combats for like a scenario, the GM would play for them and roll for them to like have them do the attacks and stuff. Because I think almost that's. I don't know. I wouldn't appreciate it if my character died. My ghost would never do that attack. No, but I wouldn't do that. I think if the GM was like, your ghost comes back, and now you have to deal with that, I'd be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, now I have to manage two characters in right. this combat. It, that it would I... have to be a group effort. Yeah, I don't know. That's tricky. Skid, would you ever do it? Would you ever consider it? The first sketch that Conan O'Brien ever wrote for uh, Saturday Night Live had it was John Lithgow was like a professor of anthropology and he's teaching his class and he has a skeleton next to him and he's just like yeah so as you see as the human evolved the brain becomes like ah ah and like every time he looks at the skeleton ah he gets scared <laughs> and so he has to go to the the you know the the chancellor and he's just like we're getting all these complaints like you can't get through a class and it's just like I'm just scared of the skeleton it's like what if it was a like a tiny skeleton would that be scary it's like no, I think that'd be okay. So he gets a tiny skeleton. And it's just like, so if you look here, I think if you look very closely, they're at the third rib and he's just like, no one can see it. And he's just like, well, no, no one can see it. <laughs> he's just like, why don't you put, what if I put a, a pirate hat on it? <laughs> it's like, okay. So he puts a pirate hat and a, and a patch and a, and a, and a, uh, a parrot on it. And it, every time he looks at it, he starts laughing. It's, it's so funny. And then the chancellor comes in to check on him and he's scared of pirates. So he's like, ah! He takes the pirate hat off and he's like, oh, it's just. It's a good sketch. So, uh, hopefully that answers that question. <laughs> I, think, I think that about sums it up. Uh, I, I'll say two things. One, I think it's much better if the player isn't there anymore either. 
right? So like if your player that died or for whatever reason is like not in the game or have moved on or whatever, like fun way to bring them back because you completely control that character as the GM. That to me is interesting. We've done it before, kind of. Have we? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of have before. Yeah. You know what I'm also thinking about is I our... mean, when I say we, you, Troy. <laughs> that is true. Have you, have, you have done it before. I, you know, I, I, what I'm thinking of is there was a home game that we had. And the final, uh, this was with Merwin back in the day, us and McD, where like at the end, the last final climactic battle, I think McD's character played this cleric and he was a crazy high level and like a god offered him the chance at like godhood and he took it. And then in the final battle, wasn't he fighting alongside us as a demigod? No, he turned on us. Yeah, he, he oh, turned, he turned on, us. on us. Well, no, he fought alongside us like right up until the end, and then the the, the god gate offered him to like like rule over a layer of hell, basically. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah." But so he he but left he, us. But he became a demigod. Yes, he like became cinematically a was fighting against it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think some of the epilogue scenes had him just like fucking with our lives or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, like he did in real life. Every time we got together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you did kind of do it. That is true. But it was to me, it doesn't didn't feel like uh, we were adventuring together ever. Right. Like it was kind of in dream sequences and mm. kind of. I'm not sure what you're referencing though. Because there's been so many like tangential ones. Okay, you don't want to say it. Uh, it's the whole Gormley storyline uh, right. from Giant Slayer. I mean, that's 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 kind well, of well. There, there thing. was that, but there's also I was thinking of uh, Raiders of Lost Con. Raiders, yeah, yeah. Mm. yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, well, Chiefers, yeah. yeah. There's a lot it's unfinished a lot. stories. Unfinished stories. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, one other way that I think you could do it interestingly for missions is if they are a revenant. So, like, if yeah. the you had a player die to a monster creature boss who got away, yeah, that I think is really fun. Like, that was bring my... them back as a revenant for one mission, and yeah. when they kill this thing, you will release their spirit. Yeah. That it seems fun to me. That was my concept for Nestor oh. after, after the events of Giant Slayer. That like he would come back as a revenant. Oh, like yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. There are some. Creatures, I see this a lot in 2E, and I remember seeing it in, in 1E as well, where they like have an ability, where it's like if a, uh, you, if, if you uh, go up to a dead creature, you can do this ability and like turn them. So like some creatures have the ability built into their stat block that you never get to use because usually you're going against like a mob of five or six of them and you overwhelm them. But like if you die, you could this creature could turn you into something. And if that ever happened, you know, I guess my initial thought was like, well, now you're fighting the evil dead version of your person. But what if you were able to beat that fight and that person's turned and now you have to like convince them to continue fighting alongside you? That might be interesting. Mm, yeah. Fun. If it was like happened in the mechanics of the game, it'd be something worth exploring. Yeah. I see it all the time. It's already been in like three stat blocks of gatewalkers, at least, uh, of like little things of like that. I'll never have the opportunity to do that. But if I did, it'd be interesting. That's cool. That's a cool concept. All right, let's get one more in here, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, Eric from Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Eric from Canada. Canada. Is he coming to the Toronto? Toronto sold out. Yeah, he must. No, no. We, uh, there's still like six VIPs and uh, a handful of tickets. All right, so Come get, on, get Toronto. on it, Toronto. Start to slow uh, down. Eric from Canada says, "You brave fools! Make sure you bring your poutine forks and your knitted knickers. All of us Canucks cannot wait." To see you up here. Awesome. Um, okay, this is great. And I, I, I did not expect this to have uh, more people in the room to talk about it. But man, is this a tough one. Have you ever had to break up with another player? I need to gently <laughs> let a player know 
that we don't mesh and they need to search for another game. Any advice? It's not me. It's definitely them. So the normal platitudes won't do. <laughs> now, Troy has done this before. Yeah, we've talked about it Tro- yeah. several times. Troy has broken up before. Uh, Sydney, have you ever broken up with a player before? Yeah, recently. <gasps> recently? Really? Yeah, for- you the one that had to let them go? No, it, it was for my dude. Or were you the one let go? No. There's <laughs> only one or the other, so... Uh, it was for our D and D campaign with my group of friends and I was super pumped that we were playing cause I haven't played D and D in a while. And it was with three friends who are like, I'm really tight with, and then two others who were new and then two others who were also new. So it was like, it was a good mix. Two of them of the, of the new people, they live in Massachusetts mm. and they would drive down on the weekends and they would stay at the other couple's apartment to, so we could all play D and D and to me and my two other friends who I knew very well, we all were like, that's a big commitment to like drive down and then the people are hosting them. Yeah. And then we play for one day, one session, and then they like drive back up. So we said to the couple who was hosting them, we were like, hey, they are not our, our friends. <laughs> we don't like <laughs> They're them. your friends. But like, isn't this a lot? Like, isn't this silly? Shouldn't we just make a smaller group and kind of branch off? And they were like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe, like, blah, blah, blah. And they, they must ca- like it if they come down. Yeah, they didn't care. So I was kind of like, oh, dang it. Well, now how do we how do we deal with this? So me and my th- three friends, we kind of just said in our group chat, it's surprisingly easier than you think it is. It seems like a big deal to break up with, like, a player. But we kind of were just like, hey, you guys can only play on certain dates that, like, never work for anyone else in our group. It's unfortunate, but like, I think it would be better if we split off for now and if we can find like a better time to all play together. Great. If not, you know, like, so be it. It was fun while it lasted. And we were very nice about it. There was no bad blood, but it was more so just like, find a different group, find a better group (laughs) that you can like hang with more and and play. And we felt bad. And then honestly, they were just like, yeah, you're right. Bye. (laughs) Like it was. We all like worked about, we were like, oh, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. And then eventually we were just like, who cares? We're not playing anyway. We haven't played in two months. Like (laughs) we can never, we can never play. You should just call me in like Harvey Keitel and Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I just wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Wolf. Wolf. (laughs) Uh, Skid, have you ever had that awkward conversation? Have you had a player you had to kick out of a game or anything like that? Yeah. And it is difficult. Um, What I ended up. You had a lot of drama back in the day. (laughs) Nothing but drama. Look, you can see the weight of it on his face still. <laughs> yeah, the, one... the most mild-mannered guy. <laughs> Just the drama around some of those games. Yes. I, much of it was, I maintained, a lot of it wasn't my fault. But <laughs> Agreed. Uh, but uh, the one time uh, we really had to, uh, it got bad, was we took a tiny um, little bit of, uh, a, a, like, of crack cocaine <laughs> and uh, like stuck it in his jacket like when he was in the bathroom. There you go. And then when he left, we called the police. Yeah. And like he was in the system so long that by the time yeah. he was done with that, like we forgot all of So you never had to have that awkward conversation. Never had to have a conversation. Yeah, that's smart. That's probably the best way. Yeah. 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 To do it. So that was completely unhelpful. <laughs> but <laughs> it really uh, worse. So sorry, Eric. But uh, it it, it is true that Skid had a lot of drama in, yeah, in that yeah. game, and there were a lot of conversations that that had to be had. Here's um, the thing: it uh, if you're playing for fun, because uh, not for work, like you only have so much time to do it. Yeah. If you're not fully enjoying the experience because of someone in the group, odds are other people aren't as well. There ain't enough time in yeah. the day, 
So find a way to get that conversation over with because you only have so much game time you want to make it. It's also miserable for you. Like I never got to play with this group. And when we did, it was like such a hassle. And I was like, I do this for work one. And this is the one game that I'm playing outside of work right now. If I'm not, if my heart's not in it, like I'm not going to play it. Yeah. Yeah. So, which stinks. It feels like bad. It It makes you feel bad, but. Yeah. I mean, it's a shitty situation always, but I think you have to be direct. Yep. And I think that you have to talk to the other people in the group because it might be, he says it's not him, but like if, <laughs> Make if, sure. if you go to the other people and you're like, look, I really don't like playing with this guy. Do you, do you want to play with this guy? And, and it's all no's. Then like, if it's got to be you, it's got to be you that rips the bandaid off and just has the hard conversation and, you and know, be direct. Yeah, and just be direct. Don't beat around the like, bush. Look, yeah. I just don't think that you our suck. play styles mesh well. <laughs> I hate and you. I, I hate you. I, we don't want to. We don't want to continue playing this game. Yeah. And then you know, if they find out that you went off and then added somebody else and continue and played a new campaign or something with other people, like so be it. You know, the, the, it is what it is. Also, like, do you work with them? Are they like in your friend group? You might never see them again. Is it might mom. be. Is it your mom? Is it your mom? Hard do to break up with your mom. Material on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blackmail. Other fact, do they have compromise? Before you put <laughs> crack cocaine in their pocket, do they have blackmail yeah. Yeah, on you? Because, well, because you could even the scales then too. So. <laughs> Skid knows all the answers. Yeah, yeah. A lot of tricks you can in their in a, in a, in a GM's toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that in the remastered GM. They course. don't put that in the in yeah. GM core. That should be like, what is a role play game on that page? And like, they would cover it like on that page. How to frame your mom? Like, right. how to frame one of your? <laughs> what the hell? Why is this on yeah, page is this three? Here? I normally this skip over this page. I've played so many role playing games, but did you see this? Oh my god! Well, this was awesome, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for coming, hanging out, playing with, uh, uh, playing with us, uh, hanging out on the FOD with us, Sydney Skid. Uh, this is awesome. Francis, CJ, thank you guys for producing an in-studio FOD. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, Troy, I need to thank you. You're obligated. You want to grab me again? You want to grab me? <laughs> hey, son of a bitch. Oh, just fine. Get over here, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> Francis is cracking up over there. All right. Uh, this is a really good time. I can't wait to be remote again and away from this crazy man, uh, person. He loves it. <laughs> uh, remember, man, we got a lot of stuff this week. We got yeah. more uh, Gatewalkers on Thursday night. We got Time for Chaos oh, episode two. Chaos. It's Friday night. Uh, Troy is streaming. I'm streaming. I'm sure Skid will be up on GCN. I will be streaming, too. I got a new game that that I, I, to me, a new game to me that I want to start streaming. Yo, let's Ooh, go. Okay. I might stream too. Yeah. Boom. Check it out. Follow Sid. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we're out of here. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at jointhenation.com. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.